I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon. Today is Friday, April 10th, and this is the Beacon's daily update on the coronavirus and its impact on the Flathead Valley. On today's show, you'll hear from the owners of a prominent local restaurant and find out how they've been navigating the coronavirus over the last month and how they've tried to balance serving the community that has supported them while trying to keep their own business afloat. Plus, I'll have the latest news and numbers on COVID-19 in the Flathead Valley. But before we get to all that, a reminder that this podcast episode and all of the Flathead Beacon's award-winning content in print and online is made possible by members of the Beacon Editors Club. Membership starts at just $5 per month and includes access to exclusive content like bonus episodes of the Beacon's brand new true crime podcast, Project 7. To find out more and to join and support our mission, visit BeaconEditorsClub.com. Tim and Dana Phillips bought Hop's Downtown Grill in October of 2017, taking over the venerable Main Street eatery that's been a staple of Kalispell's food scene for years. And like with any ownership change, there were a few things to get ironed out in the early days, but after two years in charge, the Phillips felt like they had found their footing. We were really coming into our own, so January and February were very pivotal months for us as our sales were up, you know, 20 plus percent uh, over the prior year. Really coming into this year uh, headstrong and uh, and then, of course, it stopped dramatically in the about the beginning of March when obviously the coronavirus was sweeping the nation. As you both heard about the coronavirus, and, and I don't know when that was, whether you you know had heard about it when it when it first started in in China or when it first got here to the United States, and obviously it was a little while after that that it made its way to Montana. At what point did you start preparing or at least thinking about how this could affect your business? When it started hitting Gallatin County. Um, is where we really kind of started zeroing in. I called the health department almost daily. We went into uh, seating people away from each other, trying not to go over a capacity. Um, And then we came out with a uh, car side menu. We had staff uh, wiping down tables. We removed stuff from the tables the salt and pepper and everything, and they were sanitized and brought to the table when the customers were there. After customers would come in, we'd wipe down the doors, bathrooms, uh, immediately after their use. Those were the precautions that, that we took, you know, during the that period that we were open before we had closed, you know, our, our sales, the, the customers were very thankful, but we were never overrun to where there wasn't social distancing. You know, we So we went above and beyond for that. Then on Friday, March 20th, bars and restaurants in Flathead County were forced to close their dine-in operations by mandate of the public health officer. And Tim and Dana, like dozens of other restaurant owners, had to alter their business on the fly. When we moved into actually closing the restaurant, we focused directly on our curbside service. And me and my wife, Dana, we had some conversations as well as bringing in the staff of what we could do for the community in this time and as everybody's getting hit with layoffs and and whatnot to be able to 
produced some family-style meals at, at basically just a smidge over cost um, that was a, f- a lot more affordable for everybody that where they could feed their entire family. We felt that was important. And, uh, you know, a- as it carried on, the, the community really did rally really well for us and the other restaurants. But as it continued to grow, we really felt that it, it wasn't worth the risk of the staff that was coming in. At that time, if I recall correctly, you know, there weren't, uh, there were still a lot of people fleeing here to their guest homes and, and everything. That risk really didn't for the money that was there as well, wasn't worth, you know, putting our, our staff at risk. And so that's when we decided that we needed to close. Hops' last day of family-style curbside service was March 31st, but even at that point, the Phillips were already looking at ways to bring the restaurant back open. That included, potentially, financing from government aid like the CARES Act, which was signed into law on March 27th. Our goal's always been to try and get back into business. Back, I know we can't open the restaurant right now, and it's kind of un known when we will be able to, um, but get back to, you know, the curbside meals, deliveries, um, through the delivery services as soon as possible. So we did start that process. Uh, it was started before we actually closed in some of the conversations and early CARES Act items. Um, and then the main one, the payroll protection just came out. Um, we could apply for it on the 3rd of April. And so we had everything ready to go so that it could get filed on the 3rd of April. So that's in process right now. What would have to change for you to open back up for the, the curbside and delivery? Obviously, there's, there's going to have to be some, some government directives that change before you can see people in the restaurant. But what is, what is the thing that, that needs to change for, for you to bring those other services back? The one is just to be able to make payroll. So one of the big hits that everybody has is, is paying their staff and payroll you know, there's cost of goods and things like that that are going to. And while you have a lot of people that are coming out and supporting the community, um, you know, we had a steady amount each day, but it's nowhere near enough to cover, you know, all the costs that we have to, to cover to keep going each day. So hopefully if things can go with the um, payroll protection coming through, um, we still have to iron out cost of goods because essentially closing down, we've had to you know, everything, all the food supplies and stuff like that obviously are gone. So all of that would have to be built back up. So it's kind of a pricing thing and a discussion on, you know, do you bring back the full menu? Do you bring back only part of the menu? Um, we had a special curbside or the family meal menu was always a special menu, but we were still offering food off of our full menu. So just conversations around, you know, is it worth bringing all of this back? What do we bring back? What don't we bring back? And then trying to get with the suppliers to get the food. We have many specialty items, um, many Montana-based items. So making sure that the suppliers can get those items for us so we can even have the food item or the food items on the menu. Tim said Hops has been approved for at least some government funding. And the hope for Tim and Dana is that not only will Hops be able to put together a menu and reopen in the near future, but that the valley can return to some semblance of normalcy before the temperatures warm up. The whole fear of all this is most of our businesses uh, in this valley really rely on uh, the summer visitors coming through. And, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So part one of the stress is uh, 
kind of relieved, but the unknown is what we'll be focused on uh, here this summer. My many thanks to Tim and Dana Phillips for sharing their time with me today. You can keep up with Hops and find out if and when they will be returning to serving the Flathead Valley by checking their Facebook page. Now here's the latest on COVID-19 in Montana as of 5.30 p.m. on Friday, April 10th. The total number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Montana is now 365 after 11 more were added to the state's total on Friday. No new cases were discovered in Flathead County, whose count currently sits at 34. Eight of those 34 people have recovered from the virus, according to county statistics. Elsewhere, the superintendent of Montana schools sent a notice to districts on Friday telling them to expect to finish the school year without a return to the classroom. Superintendent Elise Arnson said more certainty would help school leaders plan for the remainder of the year. But instead, Governor Steve Bullock has chosen to extend school closures in two-week chunks. Schools across Montana are currently closed through April 24th. And finally, in a report from the Montana Office of Tourism and Business Development to an interim legislative committee, it was revealed that weekly travel spending in the state has plummeted from an average of $93 million to just $34 million. Out-of-state visitors in Montana are currently required to self-quarantine for 14 days upon arrival, and some communities, including Whitefish, have asked hotels, short-term rentals, and other lodging operators to stop accepting reservations. Thanks for listening to the show this week. One final plug before I go for Project 7. It's the new true crime podcast I produced along with my colleague Justin Franz. It tells the story of former militia leader David Berger, who threatened to assassinate government and law enforcement officials in the Flathead Valley in the early 2000s and disappeared, never to be seen again, into the Lolo National Forest in 2011. Episode 1 of Project 7 is out now, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can hear more at project7pod.com. That's project7pod.com. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.